Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is a man who might be confused as a civilian, but he's the man that is always at the heart of my civil war. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean, that was really good. All right. For this episode, we have a very special guest. You may have seen her on various music websites like Pace Magazine and Breakthrough Music as she is promoting her most recent record, which is called The Question. Please welcome to the podcast, Anna Tivel. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So the premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music. But as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I ask the all-important question. So what T-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Wayne. I'm still high off our uh, Meet is Murder episode, so I'm wearing my Smith shirt. That's the, the one that I bought you, and then you said, oh, by the way, I already have this T-shirt, so you can have this one? Yes, that is the very one. That is, that, that's the one that I wore for, for that particular episode, so that's great. Yes, indeed. So how about you, Anna? What T-shirt are you wearing? I have on a shirt of my buddy Ryan Colwell in Nashville. He's an awesome songwriter, and he has very comfortable T-shirts. I have I've very, heard that name. We yeah. have, we have Caroline Spence. Oh yeah. We 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 tried to get Ryan on the the podcast, and he um, he turned me down. Ooh. Maybe he has four daughters. That could be a. That is part of. That's part of the reason he was like, you know, I just don't. <laughs> I don't look at records in a scoring fashion. I said, well, you know, why don't we do an episode about, you know, songs that you guys listen to on a on a summer road trip? And he's like, I have four daughters, and we're not listening <laughs> to any of my records. So, anyways. <laughs> I we we still really dig him. Uh, Ryan Ryan's a yeah. Ryan's a really good dude, and and his last record I really really liked a lot. So me too. He's a great writer. Very good, very good. So I I am wearing a new T-shirt. So uh, I'm wearing a local artist here in the Orlando area, Jordan Foley. Uh, I went and saw my bud for for I guess that's the second or third time that I've seen him, um, but he. Uh, he has been putting together a duet show here in the area, um, getting some of the local musicians together. So um, I'm wearing a Jordan Foley in the Wheelhouse t-shirt. So there you go, Jordan. I'm giving you a little plug there. Nice. All right. So let's uh, let's chat before we jump into the, the record that Anna chose. So Anna, your record label has the best name ever for a record label. <laughs> Fluff and Gravy Records. What what does that even mean? <laughs> Fluff and Gravy. I I think that it means everything to them. I I think it was sort of like the best part of anything is the fluff and gravy on top. I'm not sure all the way, but I they've told me a couple times and it gets all like mashed potatoes in my mind. But they're about the sweetest people I've ever met and huge, huge hearts for for music and the label. And they signed me on there long before it made any sense for anybody and let me do some recording in their basement and trade for babysitting their kids. And it's just, it's been a really great independent label relationship for sure. 
Excellent. One of your label label mates was on a recent recent episode with us. So Willie Vladen, who is in oh, uh, yeah. Rich Rich Montfontaine. I don't mm-hmm. think yeah. I don't think Willie likes me anymore though. Oh no, I haven't no. listened to that one. I'll have to give it a listen. To no, he so he picked a he picked a Tom Waits record to talk about, and mm-hmm. um, I just didn't convert. Wayne, I think. I think Wayne, you're probably still on Willie's list. Yeah, I, I, I gave it a fair chance, unlike you. That's not, that is not <laughs> accurate. I listened to it five times. I really did give it a good good shot. I really did. I really did. And you just didn't like it. I just, no. And and you know that was one of. Didn't you recommend a Tom Waits record? Wasn't that one of your recommendations? Yeah, which one? What one did Willie want to do? So we did swordfish trombone. Oh yeah, it's hard. That's not for. I feel like that's such a personal taste thing. That's no, it's no bad thing. Yeah, love it or leave it. Look, I I still absolutely love Willie. I hope that he didn't take offense <laughs> to my my not liking the 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 record. Willie's novels are yeah. so good and. You know his his record, his last record with the Delines is just amazing. I really I really dig that record. But uh, his novels yeah. are not not for the faint of heart or for people who might be in a dark place. <laughs> which brings us to uh-huh. your music. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that you're you're also a Raymond Carver fan. Am I am I accurate in that? I I have only read a little bit. I feel like I'm just starting to to sift through his work a little bit, but someone told me that at a show that I would like both George Saunders and Raymond Carver, and I, I hadn't read either of them yet, so I was, had been on a, a mission. There you go. So your, <laughs> your website your website doesn't have a whole lot of info. It's really general as far as the bio info. So I, I don't feel like I really know Anna at all so let's let's chat about anna maybe maybe i should rewrite my own bio that i wrote on there (laughs) that what you're telling me (laughs) no 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 well well we're we're walking through it right now so so tell me where you grew up i grew up in a small town in northern washington called laconner up kind of near bellingham hour north of seattle okay wayne are you familiar at all with that I am somewhat familiar with LaConnor. Are you a Washingtonian, Wayne? Yeah, I live in uh, South Hill on Puyallup. Oh, cool. And I grew up in Tacoma with Wayne, so but oh. not, not there anymore. My parents still live there. My brother still lives there. He lives in Rochester, if you're familiar oh, at yeah. all with that. And they live in a little podunk place called Tonino. I know Tonino. Yeah. But you're you're in Portland now though, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in Portland probably thirteen years ish. So what what brought you down to Portland? Was it the was it the music scene? I went I just moved when I was eighteen for school. I went to nursing school for just a little bit and and then switched my switched my uh direction and um, but yeah, but I just stayed and the music scene here is so great. I kind of got into it being a fiddle player and then came came to songwriting pretty late. So you're a fiddler. 
I am. Yeah. Okay. So what, what got you, what got you hooked into fiddling and playing the guitar? Does that date back to, to your Washington days? Yeah. Uh, fiddle does. I started playing when I was a little kid and, and always did kind of like half classical, half fiddle stuff and, and just always, always played. And, and then, yeah, that's kind of what I, I was in college and kind of just couldn't figure out my ass from my elbow and was like, man, I think I just need to be playing more music. And I found some things, musician friends on Craigslist and started doing that and doing that more and more and started playing with some bands around Portland. And then, and then, yeah, after college, I played guitar. I started picked that up a little bit and just knew a few chords and started writing songs. And I think that's what really blew my doors open. Uh, wanted to do that all the time. Did you finish the nursing degree? No, I, I finished college, but I did I did nursing for about a, a semester, maybe, and then I just got a Spanish degree, <laughs> yeah, which was great. But yeah, I don't know. I had nursing, nursing too many, too many uh, dosages and lives in your hands and science. I think for my for my there you go. AC wordy mind. <laughs> so 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 when you're on the road are you taking a fiddle along with your guitar do you play since i haven't had the benefit of seeing you live i don't know if you're just you know playing with a guitar or or do you do you pull out the fiddle at some point as well no i just play guitar for for my solo stuff i just i just play guitar and sing i've tried to write on fiddle a little bit but it just doesn't I don't know. It does never come out the way that I love. Um, but I bring fiddle if I'm like playing with someone else on the tour or something. But gotcha. But yeah, that thing stays in the closet. What part of Portland are you in? I've got uh, I've got yeah. a niece and and nephew in Aloha. Okay. Yeah, I'm over in southeast, right off of 82nd and Foster. So like, kind of deep southeast okay which is great by shimmers strip club and a mcdonald's (laughs) i'm not even going to ask wayne if he knows where that is Uh, i'm an acropolis guy (laughs) there you go so so what is the best part of portland so this is this is a this is a trick question because i'm going to tell you what my favorite part of portland is but uh how about you how about for you anna what is your favorite part of portland I I love this city. I think this city is so great. I really, I think my favorite part is the music scene. I think there's a really special homegrown, there's like a lot of things happening here, but it never feels like there's this overarching like business slime to it at all. It feels very like real and honest and unpretentious and I just like the feeling of being being part of it and watching what people are up to and it's a good music scene. So who who are you watching in Portland that that maybe we should be paying attention to? Oh man, there's a lot. There's a ton here. There's one of my favorite songwriters, this guy Taylor Kingman, who's really great. 
Jeffrey Martin, who's on Fluff and Gravy as well. Amazing, amazing songwriter. There's Ila Bamba and Laura Veers. And, oh, man, there's just a lot. Fruition comes out of here. Sounds like I've got some homework to do. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to tell you what my favorite part of, of Portland is. Okay. Voodoo donuts. <laughs> oh. That is the that's the best part of Portland. Um What's your favorite donut there. Oh my gosh. The 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 maple bars with the with the bacon. You cannot go wrong. Oh yeah, there. that is that is good. Yeah, you cannot go wrong. You got a favorite? Um I can't I have never been to Voodoo Donuts. Is that terrible of me? What? How long <laughs> have like you I've been around it? For so long that I don't need to go. (laughs) How long have you been in Portland now? You said 13 years? 13 years. Oh, my friend, you have not experienced Portland then. (laughs) But there's always a line that goes like 18 blocks. I feel upset by it. (laughs) Trust me, the maple bar with the bacon is worth the wait. So. Okay, okay, okay. I'll go. Okay. Um, How about you, Wayne? You got to go to it, Voodoo? You been to Voodoo? No, I've been to the Kit Kat Club right next door, but I've never been to Voodoo Donuts. I don't like lines either. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> who, who, am I, who am I talking to? All right. We'll just trust your judgment. Yeah, there you go. So I have a funny story as far as how I discovered you, Anna. So I was on YouTube, and I went down a wormhole about Anna songs. I started with Anna Begins by the Counting Crows, followed oh, by yeah, the Mentors, Anna and because um, I, I love the Menzingers. And then I saw a video of you performing the question on paste, how it even recommended Anna Tivill from the Menzingers. I will have no idea, but how's that for the strangest <laughs> way to get introduced to an artist? That's pretty great. That, yeah. that makes me feel like YouTube is, has some sort of special spell casting. Maybe it's doing its job because two weeks later, you were one of the artists that showed up on my Spotify under artists similar when I was listening to Caroline Spence. So there you go. Oh, so maybe, maybe, maybe Spotify and, uh, and YouTube are actually uh, doing what they're supposed to do in, in introducing people to new music. So let's, uh, let's chat about your record, The Question. And I want to I wanna talk about the video as well. So was that your first oh, official cool. video that you made? For, for a song the one the one for the question yes yeah that um yeah my friend sarah weldon made that who's a great videographer in town yeah i've never made made a video that's not just like playing live the songs which was super i feel like i didn't do anything i just gave her the song and she made this like art film piece with it and it was amazing to watch it's beautiful yeah yeah it's really i'm yeah i'm so proud to have been a part of that in my dream you were stone still shadowed half built a masterpiece of pure will just waiting on the world to gaze upon your body a razor on a rough cheek Saving a hallelujah, waiting to rain. 
what is the question? What uh, so there you you you've got the video for it. You've got the song called the question. So what's the question? I think I named the album that. It kind of seemed that song in particular is a started out as a poem after I saw um, a man in a window in New York City putting on a wig and makeup, and I was just thinking a lot, and also like with the the news being what it was and is about how how much we try to be sure about things and not change our opinions and and be concrete in the things that we yell about and believe about ourselves and and but how i guess just life isn't that at all it's just a series of questions and struggles and trying to understand ourselves and understand each other and um i don't know and that that song in particular about about maybe somebody in a body that didn't feel like their own kind of seemed to encapsulate what what a lot of the songs were scratching at on the record so i named it this and if that's what the videographer picked up from your song i think i think they nailed it with the video didn't they yeah shoot and yeah and sarah just transitioned this past year and so it was a really powerful you know and spent her whole you know 30 some years of her life until now as a man and and like having this feeling always that that she wasn't that there was something in her that 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 wasn't being realized and and that wasn't feeling right and anyway just to have her so fresh in in that experience make that piece of art and feel that in a song really yeah it really meant a lot yeah all right how about uh you've got a song called minneapolis on the record so you've done songs about mm-hmm. states before that's separately in yeah. illinois and california so why a city and why minneapolis a wind in the branches the cold coming in like a drug and curled like two questions a couple of dancers alone in our separate thoughts maybe it's time we I wrote right after a Midwest tour and I think it just flowed right and had this I was having this feeling on tour just thinking about how sometimes just in general or in relationships you 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 feel like you can't get it right and so you you think like oh maybe if I just changed this or maybe if I just moved to a different city or I left I just left, then then it would miraculously be better. Uh, I, that song kind of came out of that, and then Minneapolis was just fresh in my mind. Cool. Even though I love that city. Yeah. Move there. 
Minneapolis. So when I think of Minneapolis and Wayne, we can do word association like we did uh, on our last episode. So what, what, what comes to mind when you think Minneapolis, Wayne? Uh, the twins, Paul Westerberg, outshined. Yeah, Husker Du, Paisley Park. I that song definitely doesn't have a Husker Du feel of, of it, but I think <laughs> I think you captured the mood of that city, though. I mean, I I almost felt like um, listening to it. I could almost feel the snow on the ground, you know. And and you have some yeah, you, and you have some strings on that song. So do you do you do the arrangements for those songs or or are you relying on producer to to help with those kind of arrangements because i don't think that's the only song on this on this record that has a lot of movement to it yeah my my friend shane leonard who produced it did all the string arrangements and i've always just made up stuff on the fly with the violin and things for for my past records but he arranged everything for this this one for string parts and I loved it. I think it was so fun to I don't know. I think I don't have like playing violin on my own songs. I, I don't feel as creative as because I think I know what's coming so well or in me so deeply that it was I don't know, it was just a really good experience to not be the one yeah. doing the string parts. And was yeah. there a clarinet on that song too? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, this guy, Alex, Alex Spiegelman, did an awesome clarinet part on there. You don't hear clarinet very often in a song, so I, I, I thought that sounded <laughs> like a clarinet. Yeah, there's actually oboe on there, too. Shane's wife's mom, Rhonda, <laughs> randomly was at their house when he was working on that, and he called me and was like, um, is it okay if... Margaret's mom, Rhonda, plays oboe on this song? <laughs> Hell yes, I hope that happens. So, and she's an amazing oboe player. That, that is awesome. And then uh, one last song I wanted to chat about was uh, the song Worthless. So it's, it's kind of got a, a little bit of a Suzanne Vega vibe to it. Um, were, were you? Were you trying to go for that, or did did it just kind of get translated to me in, in a in a Suzanne Vega kind of way? Two quarters in my hand, nothing else in my pocket. I'm a fuse box sparking in the summer grass. I'm a hooded figure, a crazy killer. I'm a dead man walking on the overpasses. Hot as the devil, the asphalt melt in the sweat, wet smell of danger. I never did wrong, I never was tempted till the day you named my anger. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to a ton of Suzanne Vega, but I feel like she, people have been telling me to go listen, and I, I need to delve in. I've heard only one or two things of hers, so, but I'm glad it made you think that. I'm yeah. going to go explore. So, so with with the, the a song like Worthless and going back to Minneapolis where you've got string arrangements. So, how do you how do you translate those kind of songs to the stage when it's just you and the guitar? I mean, do those those start as guitar songs and then they just be you know gain a life of their own with uh, with the additional 
arrangements or, you know, how, how do you interpret or translate that to the, to the stage? They all start just, just, I mean, I write them all just me and guitar and then I do a lot of touring just by myself. And so they kind of grow and live that way for a while until they, they get recorded. And then I think they get this cool life just by bringing them to other people who, who's, music minds I love and and then they kind of grow legs and but they can still I feel like I can play them solo and they and they have that feel to them that is where where they came from kind of and then if I get to take other people out it's always so much fun to have cool have some of those other sounds to it so you're heading to the Americana Festival next month is that right yeah you going with full band or is it just you no, I wish I could, just me. Okay. I would love to take the band all the time everywhere, but yeah. You uh you spending any time checking out other artists on the on the bill? Yeah, man, I think I play Tuesday and then I just have all weekend and there's so many people there that I wanna see. I'm really excited just to go. So who are a few that you're gonna go yeah. go check out? Oh, there I had to I have to look at the list because there's so many on there. I feel like I couldn't tell you right now, but I've got a bunch of friends in Nashville who are playing, and then I feel like there's some, oh yeah, I couldn't tell you right now. I'd have to look at the list. <laughs> I feel like I could probably just go all day, every day, though. There's so many people playing there. Yeah, that that bill is stacked. If there was any year that I should have gone to Americana Fest, that probably this year probably would have been it. We've got a lot of a uh, lot of few uh, former guests, Wayne, that are uh, oh, that cool. are that are going to be at Americana Fest. Caroline and yeah. and Stephen Kellogg, for instance, are are both on the on the lineup. Nice. All right. Well, um, let me let me throw out just a couple other questions before we jump into the record that you uh, you chose to to chat about. So, who would you want to duet with? Actually, let's do the question twice. So let's start with who's the who's the <laughs> one female artist you'd want to duet with? One female artist? Yes. Oh man, that's so hard. Be Gillian Welch. Be a good one. I think would be an amazing just to hang out in a room and sing a song with her. And then how about male artists? Who who'd you want who'd you want to duet with? Oh, um, maybe John Prine or Bruce Springsteen would both just knock my socks off. That those would both be good. Yeah. <laughs> nice choices. Yeah. I had those lofty duet calls. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see what we can do to help you with either one of those, John Prine <laughs> yes. or Bruce Springs. Yeah. So you've been you've been on the road for a bit behind this album. So what 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 are you listening to while you're on the road? Is there any particular podcast that you like, or is there some albums that you've been listening to? What's uh what are you listening to while you're traveling? Um, I've been listening to both a lot of both. Uh, I went on a big David Bazan kick recently. I really love the Pedro the Lion stuff he's putting out now and, and his solo stuff before that. And 
um, I was listening to this podcast called Criminal and one called This Is Love. Have you ever heard either of those? Um, I have not. Most of my podcasts are uh, either music related or um, Malcolm Gladwell related. So. Oh, yeah. Revisionist history is a uh, good one. So good. Yeah. My All friend Cindy Howe does a podcast called Basic Folk. That's a really good, just like interviewing folk musicians. She's a great, very well-researching, soul-plumbing interviewer. <laughs> Always fun to listen to. Well, I'll have, maybe we'll have to listen to her to sharpen up my own uh, interviewing skills here. So, you know. <laughs> All right, one last question. So Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Uh, oh, gosh. It's not my favorite. I, I'm not sure what it's about. And I feel, I lived in Mexico for a few months, a long, long time ago. And for some reason when I was there, it was like, I don't know, 2000 and seven or eight or something at least 10 years ago and it was so popular when I was there and I remember that anywhere I would be walking people would have all their windows down and just be blasting that song wow I just had this memory of being like what that's okay just anyway I don't know I that doesn't do it for me but I am it's a a note she doesn't like it stop pressuring her (laughs) story lover Okay. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. We'll we'll rephrase it. Does it bring a smile to your face? It brings a bounce to my step, whether or not I want it to. <laughs> I'll give it that. It makes me want to weird dance. <laughs> I don't know how to. So Wayne, how do how do we trans how do we translate it's no, that? It's, it's a no vote. I think I it's think a clear no vote. I think you're wanting it to be a no vote. No, I think you're wanting you're <laughs> you're you're wanting it to be. You expect her to say the same thing everybody else does, and she's got some. She, you know, she's got some integrity, and she doesn't like that song. Look, I'm winning fifteen to four. Okay, so well, you know what? This is where I start my comeback, right here. <laughs> With Anna Do you like it? I don't. I, I don't think I. I agree with you. It's off-putting and it does that. It's. I'm not. They're great. They're good musicians. I just don't. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a good song. I think it was made to be a hit on purpose, and I don't like it. And now I'm. Now I can't like it because he makes this. He asks this question of every single guest. Everyone. So, yep. So Every- now I've. I've had to now. I got to literally have to defend my my not liking the song every week, sometimes twice. <laughs> it makes you not like it on principle. Yeah, now I now I really don't like it. Yeah, and I almost <laughs> feel bad about that. I I hope we get Steve Lukather on the show. Like that's going to be fun. I want to see what he says. I I <laughs> I I already know what he's going to say, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the record that you chose. So, Anna, so tell us what uh, what record you chose to revisit. I chose you. Uh, 
emailed about doing this and I just happened to be listening to this record at Civilians by Joe Henry and it's one I hadn't listened to for a real long time but kind of right when I first started writing songs I heard this record and I really went on a jag with it and listened a whole bunch and I just hadn't heard it for a long time and I felt like digging into it again and it it really there's I don't know what it is about it it just has this feeling to it and the poetry of it I really love and I don't know half the time what what it's about it kind of leaves it open thank god I thought it was just me no, I was I was yeah, ho- no, I, I was hoping you'd have all the answers to this, Anna, because there's no, I have no answers. <laughs> I and I don't know if he does either. But... Uh, I just at one point felt like maybe I'm I, I'm not cool enough to get Joe Henry. Like I, because some of it is fairly self-explanatory, I think, and and it's all very well written. I think it's even he kind of sometimes I compared him to another songwriter with it's just kind of some free form really cool lines that he puts together and I, I but I, I I yeah I'm glad I wasn't there I thought man why I'm because I was really just digging into it trying to figure out every single one <laughs> and uh I think sometimes there isn't anything I did come to that conclusion so I was glad to hear that it wasn't just me yeah it doesn't feel to like I think I love certain records like Nebraska Springsteen's records some John Prine stuff I love that in a way that can't be shaken because the stories are so clear cut and they'll like live in you forever after you hear them. And this record to me is more just just like a feeling and really dark poetry. And I think right when I first started writing it, it like opened up my mind to um, just the the way the feeling of an arrangement and the poem of it can kind of like lend it themselves to each other, you know? Yeah. I don't know I'm, if that made sense. <laughs> no, I'm just glad there's no, there's no songs on here about killing sprees like Nebraska. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's a little, little sunnier. It's still dark, but it's a little sunnier than that. Yeah. All right. Let's get some bio info on this. So civilians 11th studio record from Joe Henry that was released in August of 2007. Um, He has put out five records since then, including a really great album called uh, Shine a Light that he did with Billy Bragg. Um, That's how I know Joe Henry. Like I, I, maybe I'm just completely late to the game on Joe Henry, but um, the Billy Bragg album was uh, was my introduction to to Joe Henry. some of some of the info that I read on here as far as uh, some of the players. So Bill Frizel, am I saying that na- name right? Anybody know? Yeah, I think Bill. Bill Frizel, I think. Frizel. Yeah. So he's no slouch. I looked at his discography and he is more known for being a, a jazz guitarist. Uh, he has been nominated and won uh, a couple uh couple Grammy Awards in the jazz categories. He won the 2005 Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Jazz Album for his album Unspeakable. 
and uh, was nominated in uh, 2003 and 2009 as well for for different uh, jazz um, jazz things that he did. So definitely no slouch there. Um, you're gonna we're gonna talk about Loudon Wainwright. He uh, he provides some backing vocals on one of the songs, Van Dyke Parks. He provides some piano on a few few uh, songs as well. And um, what I thought was interesting on this was two of the songs off of Civilians, Bonnie Raitt ended up doing on her 2012 album, Slipstream. Any idea who yeah. produced Slipstream? Joe Henry. Um, Joe He's Henry. My guess. Yes, Joe Henry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about each of those songs as we get to them. Um, <laughs> All right, so as a reminder, our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record. So, Wayne, how many songs on this record? Twelve. Means our top song is going to get 12 points. Next favorite, 11, on down to our lowest score of one. So let's get this started. This is first first song out of the gate. This is called Civilians. Flower lady, come sit by me. He draws a napkin battle plan Says this is where we start So who wants to get us started on analysis of civilians with the title track here? Well, I just, it set the mood right off, uh, right off the bat. Like the first lines about the horse stomps and fumes and uh, was it color? The color's gone. Color goes, yeah, the color's gone. It just, it's like this whole thing is in black and white in my, in my mind. All these stories are, it's, you know this really vivid black and white where all the details in the in the in the gray and it's it just this song just blew me away as this ended up being my favorite song i could never i could never get away from that um it's got this really great it, the it, it reminds me of the theme to true blood you know for its it's got this jazzy sexiness and it, even like a touch of like the south in it and and it's just a great story i mean just the whole thing it's so sexy and dark. I just loved it. How about you, Anna? What do you got to say about civilians? Yeah, this is one of my favorite ones too. I really, I think, I think it's such a good first song too. Just the way the arrangement is, it just immediately puts you into this really, this world that the whole record kind of embodies. And I think the thing I find in this album again and again is he, especially in his first verses, he'll like set this scene and it's really visual. Even if like a whole story never happens, you just can see everything that, every little image that he makes. And this one is really, yeah, what you were saying about, he like turns out the color in the, in the movie that you're watching. And it's just a cool, a cool movie scene, I think. I just want to know why there's no more hummingbirds like there used to be. Yeah, me too. Where'd they yeah. go? Where'd they that go? was the one. 
Yeah, it felt like a metaphor that I just wasn't, I couldn't get my head around. Like it was too, too clever even for, you know, for, to get. Yeah. As you say, they're fat and slow yeah. and careless now. Yeah. And yeah. turned blue and green. Was it blue? And, Seahawks colors. Was it blue and it was blue? Was it blue and green or blue and mean? I thought it was blue and green, but uh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I can't say for sure now that you just shook my <laughs> conviction. <laughs> we'll go with the Seahawk colors. We'll go with the Seahawk colors. I want to go with the Seahawk colors. That's uh, you know, the, football that, season is upon us. Yeah, the chorus is just so great. I mean, if it, if you call it a chorus, but that that whole line about uh, you know. Pray for you. By the grace of God, the yeah, sing the song. By the grace of God, the night is long. Just the way he says, he just he's just got a he's just so cool. He's got a cool, this really cool voice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we get some scores on this? It was my favorite song. I gave it a twelve. Yeah. And then Anna. I gave it a ten. Yeah, definitely up there for me too. Yep. And I gave it a nine. So this is definitely going to be in contention for one of our faves. All right, moving on. Here's Parker's Mood. Where's my sock? Where's my other shoe? I didn't know what time it was when I came to. The only light in here is my flickering. Watching back at me All my love Is here to stay All my love Is here to stay Who's Parker? <laughs> Who exactly is Parker? Because <laughs> it's not it's really It's a moody guy it's not really clear in this song who Parker is. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea either. This goes back no. to your comment earlier, Wayne, of I don't know I don't know what most of these songs are talking about. And this one, like she said, uh, this is the first one that popped in mind when she said the about the first verse. That first verse is so is so great. It sets this this visual up to to I don't where I agree. I don't know if the story ever lives up to that first verse about you know you know sock where's my other shoe the 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 tv being the only you know the flickering tv being the only light in the room i but it just has this great uh this great sound like the acoustic guitar and then there's the 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 drum that's almost doing like a like it has like a feeling of a train like you know just chugging along just through the whole thing it's it's got that going so it's it's it sets and like i say it continues that that black and white kind of movie in a, in mood wise from from the first song. Yeah. How about uh, how about you Anna? What do you got to say about Parker's mood? Yeah, the, I there's so many on this album that I think I've left this album has like faded in my mind and then grown again and faded again where I'm like I don't know what he's talking about and then I'll come back to it a couple of years later and be like, "Oh yeah, I love the feeling of this." There's some, there's like a few songs on here that really mean something to me, and then, and then ones like this that I just like the images that he paints, and and to let it kind of flow over, flow over me. But 
yeah, I can definitely imagine this character. I just like, I think I love in this song the the saints that we've praised, uh, their jaws gone slack, yellow nails long and curling back to scratch the phantom ache of our lost days. I just think that's such a creepy, cool line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's All get right. some let's get some scores on this. So Anna, your score? I gave this one a three. And then Wayne? I gave it a seven. It's something about the, the mood it sets. There's something moody and desperate in the whole story. Like I say, I couldn't really follow it after the first verse, but I just I just enjoyed listening to it. I I look forward to it, you know, each time the record started. Yeah. And then I gave it a five. I think I'm I'm with you. I, I liked it, but it, I felt like it was a really good transition song to the next song, which is Silver War. Nail a sign up above the door. God bless our little silver war. God bless our little So I'm going to just get it started. So this is a great song right from the gate. I feel like the lyrics are just really spot on. And of course, I don't think this is a song about a war on the battlefronts, right? I think this is a war within a home, the the own civil wars that are raging within our homes at, at times. Am I accurate on that? Oh, absolutely. I thought it might even, it just felt even like a play on words, you know, civil war, like, you know, you know, uh, calm and like accepting and nice and decent. And then, you know, war battles and conflicts. Cause this had a, this was, this seemed very political. And the more I loved it from the beginning, but as I read the lyrics and some of the, I mean, the line about the, uh, some fighters came and pitched a tent we went the fixes in, but I mean, the whole thing has, and this is, I kind of took me back to realizing when it was from, I mean, this is the second term of George W. Bush. Um, there's a war in Afghanistan and there was all these things in here, especially like the next second to last verse about the three dogs, you know, in a boat playing checkers. Yeah, it's like, party. Oh, yeah. yeah, like it's almost, it's like a joke, but when you, but it, like the start of a joke, but then it's, you know, uh, has something, what are they saying? Partying on a playing checkers and something about women, gold, and, and civil wars. Of women, gold, and you know, It has this whole political feel of, you know, and it just took me back to that era. And it, I just, the more I looked at the lyrics and the more I read it, it just, it just felt brilliant. Yeah, I like I like the lines of we nail a sign up uh, up above the door. God bless our little civil war. Um, yeah, yeah, this is such a good song. Anna, what else you got on on civil war? I love this song. This is this is the song that brought me into this record in the first place. I think the melody too is so just that rise of it just feels so good and. 
I just, just that first line, I think is, I don't know you to wear a hat, but I came home late and there it sat. It's like such a, you rose to show what hats are for with living through a civil war. It just feels so much like, oh, you've been, you know, trying to know somebody for so long and you've been in this relationship or a family with them. And then, and then you realize that you just don't, don't know them at all. And, and I just love, yeah, I think this song is really amazing. All right. So let's get some scores on this. I already told you, this is my, this is my top pick. How about you, Wayne? 11. This was my, my second favorite song. And then Anna. Me too. 11. Gotcha. All right, that moves us to Time is a Lion. to get us started on time as a lion i i love that he if kind of through that i could see this smoky jazz, you know jazz club somewhere back in time uh this just has a really great you know with the stand-up bass um and the and the piano uh and then this one i think that has some harmony in it even but it's just this is a you know a great story i mean time is he's got time as a lion and a story and a lover and a dare and he kind of has this, like this ominous tone when he when he finishes each chorus. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think this song has it's such a good flow from the last one too. It just has such a good groove pocket to it, and yeah, I think it's just a poem. It's such a poem. This one especially. Yeah, I, I like that. I like this song, and I really hate my score for it. <laughs> so it's hard. I think it's so weird and hard to score things. I know, I know. We're we're uh, <laughs> we we remind ourselves every week about how stupid our scoring <laughs> is, but uh, but it's what we do. So I give this a four, but like I said, I I feel really bad about my score for this because I I do <laughs> I do like this song a lot. I gave it an eight and this was probably it. Uh, this was as hard, uh, probably the hardest one to score. Cause it's, I like, I liked everything on here and it's, it, and even the ones that I gave low scores, which typically for, he kind of one, one of the songs kind of gets played musically. It feels like two or three times. And then some of them, a couple songs felt like they didn't fit, but ultimately I still really liked the songs. It was, I was struggling with scoring this probably as bad as anything that we that we've scored yeah and then anna your score um i gave it a seven yeah i had the same problem i i just wanted to give like half of the songs a 12 and then the rest of them an 11 <laughs> <laughs> felt like <laughs> a sensical thing to moving on this is you can't fail me now 
This is one of the covers that Bonnie Raitt did for Slipstream. Uh, I did have to, I did have to look up who shares the vocals on this song. So it's Loudon Wainwright. I'm just going to throw this out here. Anybody want to decipher the lyrics on this one? Because he brings up God once again, like almost every song leading up to this, there's a reference to God. And we're going to, we're going to talk about towards the latter half of the record. You know, there is a song with God in the title. So lots of connotations for God. Why does he keep bringing up the divine in most of his songs? Anyone? I got nothing. I I don't know him personally, so I can't even imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know either. I read, Oh, go ahead. I I was just going to say, I I have no idea either. I, I, I even tried to Google, you know, Joe Henry with God and just lyrics came up. So there was nothing. But it feels like part of the theme. I mean, because this has does have a feel like from 2007, where at I mean, at the time, I guess we felt so divided as a nation, and um, you know, there's always the talk from the right about you know values, and I don't because uh, but there's a duality in him because I I mean yeah he references God and I could even see it being you know you can't fail me now, but I felt you know it's still I it kind of rotates around through a lot of different, like, you know, you're a partner or a friend. Cause this, this one, but I don't know if it's just me, but this has a very Leonard Cohen, hallelujah kind of cadence in the verse, which I kept, yeah, I kept hearing. And you can't, you can't go wrong there. This one got a very high score and it could very well have been for that. The best line ever was towards the end where he's, we're taught to love the worst of us and mercy more than life. But, but trust me, mercy's just a warning shot across the bow. I was like, that is, that was like brilliant. I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Well, the next line after that, I live for yours. I live for your warning shot or I live for your mercy. Which one? So, yeah, it's, I, I found, I found the lyrics brilliant on this. So, all right. Um, let's go through some, some scores. So Wayne, uh, nine. Okay. And Anna, I gave this one a two for no apparent no reason. Good reason at all. There were numbers and I needed to put them in boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me too. I put a, th- I, I gave this a three. So there were just other songs that I liked more. Um, all right. Next song is scare me to death.
first time I listened to this song, I thought that this would be my least favorite song. That was during the first go round, and then it grew on me. But I do. This goes back to our conversation of what do the lyrics mean? So what exactly is the thing that is scaring him to death? Is this like a follow up to the previous Civil War song or I I don't know what 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 it exactly is scaring him to death? I think it could be a lot of things, though, because even because I the more I listen to this one, um, I mean, there's clearly an obsession with, with lines like where what becomes need and uh fill up my cup with the worst kind of hope. It almost, it could be, it could be a girl that's bad for you, or a guy that's bad for you. Uh, it could be smack. I don't know, but there's a deep, there's an obsession that, you, and like say the line about spitting your hands and haul up the rope, like, like, ha like you're hanging somebody. It just, it, it, once again, it's dark and beautiful. Could be the line at Voodoo Donuts that is scaring you to death, which is why you have, <laughs> haven't partaken of the maple with bacon. So I don't like maple bars. So anti that's so anti-American right there. I first of all, I don't believe maple bars are American. I don't think the donuts in general are. <laughs> Diabetes is American, and I don't want that either. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Man. Um all right, where where do I go from there? Why don't I just get some scores? All right, so Anna, um, I give that one an eight. And then Wayne, a five. And I gave it a six. And that leads us to our song. This was God's country. This prideful and this. But if it's his will, the worst of it might still somehow make me a better man. If it's his will, the worst of it might still somehow make me a better man. And since I have the benefit of seeing everybody's scores in advance, so Anna, get us started with our song. This is my one of my all-time favorite songs. I love, I think just when I very first started writing songs and heard this, it really opened up this thing to me that he just starts out saying that he he sees this famous old baseball player at Home Depot looking at garage door springs and then the feels song so just, random like, open yes yeah, so random and so like like you can't do that in a song like that's just an everyday life you know but then he just opens it up from there and the whole rest of the song it just becomes wider and wider and wider until it's like at the very end he says we're all just looking for garage door springs you know it, to help us slow a heavy load or help us raise one up so just like all this all the things and it's so much about like our country and heroism and and what it means to hold each other's hopes and I, don't, I just think this is such a, an amazing song 
This does get some demerits for me because in it he says that Willie Mays is the greatest center fielder of all time. Oh, don't tell me you're a Mickey Mantle guy. <laughs> no, that I'm a Ken Griffey Jr. guy. That's the oh, greatest I, center fielder of all time in my book. Oh, I love Ken Griffey. Uh, I I I agree, but I don't I don't I know we can't see him play together. He's my favorite too, but I don't know if the world would would say. But I like as long as you're not a Mickey Mantle guy. No, come on. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> but I, I agree the way I, I just thought that because I just thought it was brilliant when he tied it all back. What, yeah, what seems like an ordinary thing to see Willie Mays by, you know, checking out garage door springs. And then at the end to, you know, the analogy with how it that's exactly what helps lift this heavy door up and and bring it down slowly. Uh, just <laughs> that's that's genius. That's pure genius. Like I say, and the line uh, that. The verse with the, uh, I mean, an old woman or an old black woman, and had a, it had a kind of a Katrina feel to it, which had happened already. Um, but and the, you know, the, where we're pushing in line at the movies to see a, a movie where we were younger yeah. and braver and humble and free. It humble was, and free. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was remarkable. Yep. Should we get some scores on this? I gave it a ten. And then Anna. Gave it a twelve. Yep, and I gave it a ten. All right, let's move on. Here's Wave. For me, this song, I think, sounds a little similar to Civil Wars, but without the the great lyrics of Civil Wars. Uh, And I feel bad about my score because I usually like any song that includes a little mandolin. That is mandolin, right? I wasn't wasn't sure. I wrote down banjo, mandolin, ukulele. I don't know, but it's clear that there's something with a higher... You know, a higher pitch being played in the background that does give it a different, like give it some, gives it some more texture. Yeah. Because this is one of the songs that does sound like, yeah, like you said, Civil War. There's a songs that sound like our song. They kind of have this, that repetitive notion, emotion to them. But this was a great story. I mean, that's, and I think, like I say, once again, I mean, I'm trying to put myself back in 2007. And um, while it kind of, ha- I mean, some of the lines about, secretary to the rebel king and you know the lilies of his what was it schemes had a very bush era very w yeah see i i wasn't interpreting it from that point in time so maybe now i need to listen to this yet again with uh george w bush maybe we'll have to have a follow-up episode of after i look at it from a, a w perspective but Anyways, that did not help me with my score on this. So, Anna, any anything you want to talk about with Wave? Um, 
No, I think this song seems like he does he does that thing so well where he like introduces a, an image, a small image, you know, and then and then brings it all the way around, and at the end it takes on like a different meaning. Like this song, it's like talking about being on a ship that's leaving and and then trying to wave at somebody but they disappear in a sea of arms and then at the end it's like talking about how life is like that where it like gets your hopes up and then and as you as you like try to catch it in your line of sight or wave then it then it disappears and I don't know I just like the way he does that yeah so let's get some scores so I I this is my one and I again I feel bad about it uh Wayne your score I gave it a six. Like I say, I, I like, it felt like a lot of this feels like it ties together, like a theme, you know, of, of saying something about our country at that time, which I don't think we ever thought it could get worse. Um, hmm. And how we, I could say, I, I could see that he's painting it almost like this going off to World War II, like one of the more noble wars. And then in the end, I, I kind of, I kind of referenced it to the, to the war at the time. And this, you know, soldier comes back knocks on the door of the girl that was waving at him when he left and you know or he's thinking about it and does she have a husband does she have kids she moved on without him he he uh, you know he went and served this rebel king and came back to to virtually nothing yeah all right anna oh yeah i'll give it a five all right here's the ninth song this is love is enough lost its will upon this hill one time so did I, but now here comes everybody, the rounders and the nuns, the poets sweeping sleeper cars, the butcher and his sons, here comes the restitution, we'd all but given up, this evening we're content believing. So more references to God in this in this one, but uh, again to to the point of, of earlier of I don't know what this is about. Um, I just like it. It's a good song. Um, what do you got on this, Wayne? And this is one of the ones that reminds me of Dylan because, like you said, I don't know what it's about, but he has a lot of like cool sounding words that don't necessarily match up to anything like rounders and nuns tyrant and his crew his most loyal traitors it just and i did the the dream sequency strings in it like that sitcom we're about to go to mm -hmm. a flashback and then the drummer is hitting like the head of the drum with a drumstick in perfect time which that's awesome but it it was it was distracting okay anna what do you got on this one I really like this song. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really like this song as a poem. I have no idea what it's about either, but I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> All the same. Seems like there's a there's a lot of music that it really bugs me when I don't know what it's about, or I feel like it's someone just trying to use really cool words. But for some reason, I always feel like he knows what he's. Like he's doing something really specific and and that, and and is like doing it honestly, 
I don't know, I just get a feeling from him that even if I can't, like, tell exactly what the story is, that it still holds a lot of weight and that he's not doing it just to be, you know, look what I can string together, you know. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I felt like I'm not cool enough to get Joe Henry. That was, this was one of those songs. Like, I felt (laughs) completely convinced that whatever he sang is probably brilliant, and I I just can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not cool enough to figure it out because I'm trying. Yeah, totally. Me too. Is he being mm-hmm. cheeky with the with the title? The reason why I'm asking is at the end of the song, he's like, "We we've all but given up this evening. We're content, believing that love will be enough." So, is love enough, or is he holding on to hope that love is enough, or is he just being completely sarcastic where he's like? Yeah, okay. You guys keep telling yourself lies that love is going to be enough. <laughs> I never feel like he's being cheeky, just just that he's like being honest. He's like, wow, look how fucked up this all is. And we're still like randomly grasping at bits of hope, you know, or that this, this like one emotion is powerful enough that even though this all sucks, that we're still like, oh, but maybe it'll get better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love is like to me. Right, yeah. right. All right. Um, so I gave this an eight. Anna? I gave this a nine. And then Wayne? I gave it a three. Okay. Moves us on to I Will Write My Book. The world is ruthless, shrewdly blind, my oaths to him. I'd never claim that what I'd heard was the first wave of the last word. But your heart beneath my hand just stirred, and I will write my book. Anna, get us started on this one. I always think of this one just like a love song maybe of of like coming out of a or just what what having somebody I mean this could be totally not what he meant by it but when somebody believes in you or even if when you start to believe in you that the the things that you feel like you're capable of and it can change so much with just with with somebody seeing you in a good light um I don't know. I really like, I like this song a lot. I see this song. Go ahead. I interrupted you. Oh no, that's I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just rambling at this point. I mean, I, I totally see this song being played in like a smoky jazz club. It's definitely that, that, that vibe to it. Right. Even beyond that, I can just see Frank Sinatra sitting down on a stool next to a piano player with a scotch and a, and a cigarette and, I could so see Frank doing this or even, oh, Tony Bennett. This has a really super jazzy feel to it. Just a piano and a, and a, and a really cool singer, which he is, but it, and I like this. I did like the song much more than my score shows, but I could just, I kept just imagining, you know, somebody, uh, you know, one of those old crooners just sitting next to his piano player and, and, and singing this song. Anybody else want to start singing I Will Survive at the beginning of the song? 
<laughs> or was that just me? I didn't have that thought. No, that was just you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, as soon as, as soon as the the piano begins at the beginning of the song, uh, yeah, I wanted to start singing. Once I was it? Yeah. Anyways, um, how about uh, how about the line "My oath to them is treason." What are, he says it a couple times. What exactly does that mean? Anyone have any guesses? Because I'm completely clueless. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I do. It's a great line, regardless. <laughs> I just don't know what it means. So, all right. So let's get some scores. So, Anna? Um, I gave that one a six. And then Wayne? I gave it a four. And then I got it as a two. All right. Second to last song. This is Shut Me Up. Of all you do. It sings itself just like a song When hope is weak and pride is strong When hope is weak and pride is strong It sings itself now the uh the line that wayne says to me um pretty much every episode <laughs> i don't say it i think it but i don't say it <laughs> well there you go wayne get us started oh this one was another you know what and i don't know if it's because i got a dylan vibe from love is enough that i'm but this one it's almost like he does something vocally to change and it reminds me like of a clear speaking Bob Dylan, which would be an interesting thing to hear. Um, but it just you wouldn't, also, be able to, it, you wouldn't be able to understand him if he just sang it. But or if he just spoke it to you. <laughs> but I, so I, I, it was, it was one of the songs that didn't, it didn't just, it just didn't stand out, but I did it also, I got this, this, this Bob Dylan vibe going kind of, let's say there was something he was, he kind of changed his voice a little bit that made me think of that. Yeah, this this one never feels quite as powerful as some of the others too, but I really like the circular way of it where he sets it right from the beginning of the song wants to repeat just now and then and then it's like each verse is a big loop and uh, yeah, and it just, but it feels really good. I think how he brings it back every time. And I love relying on the internet for lyrics. Because the one line about the word wants to just leave my tongue to turn your face and when that's done. So lyrics that I found online were the lyrics read um, when that's dope instead of when that's done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you, Internet. <laughs> yeah, kind of a big difference there. So, yeah, I, I didn't find a whole lot super memorable on this song i this is where i struggled with with some of my scores because again to to the point of i don't really know what the all of the lyrics are are about but there's just something about the 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 mood of this song that i like um so i gave it a seven i know you guys are completely different scores than than my seven but wayne what you got on this as far as i gave scores. it a two and then anna i gave it a one just because i had to use the one eventually 
<laughs> any other good reason besides that though <laughs> alright so let's wrap this up with the song God Only Knows God Only Knows that we can do no more or less than hell alive God Only Knows God knows that we just don't know how But I've tried to be your light in love And pray that is enough for now I've tried to be your light in love And, and this was the second song that Bonnie Raitt did a cover of on her Slipstream hmm. record. Uh, she closed her record with this song as well. Um, and that's how I know this song because I like Bonnie Raitt. So um, had no idea that it was a Joe Henry song. So when I heard this during this, I was like, oh, I know this song. But I, I think that this is a good summation of the entire record. I, I think this is a good, you know, good bookend to the first song of civilians uh and especially you know going back to my comment of god is referenced a lot in in a lot of these songs even though that's not the major theme of this um i felt like this kind of wraps the album up in a, in a nice succinct way i agree i my i got it got such a low score because at, by this time i felt like i'd heard the song a couple of times yeah and i didn't i didn't like that about it that i had heard that i felt like because it has a, some strong similarities to our song also musically and but i did i agree with the idea that this was perfect uh the perfect ending for the album and it, it almost it almost had a kind of a like an amen kind of feel to it like uh -huh. it was the perfect closer yeah it has a dimming of the yeah. day feel kind of feel to to you guys know the Richard Thompson song? Mm -mm. Dimming of the day? It it, it that that has that it, it it has that similar feel feel to uh, to to me. Did anyone listen to this song in headphones? Um no, I don't think I did. I mostly listened to it in the car. Listen to it again. So the mixing on in when you listen to it in headphones is a little distracting just with the vocals um but when i listened to it without headphones i did fall in love with the song um but yeah it's um interesting mix and i listened again to the bonnie Raitt version just to see if maybe uh he had you know joe henry had done the same thing with her vocals and it's completely completely different so it's an interesting mix just throwing throwing that out there for for anyone and I feel like I, I've talked way too much about this song. So any anything you want to add to this? No, no, I think that covers it. All right, because you can tell, you can say, um, you know, you can shut me up at any time. Going back to the previous, <laughs> you song. can try. No, I like. I think this is such a good. It's. I think it's like a hopeful poem at the end of of this record too. I really like it as the last song. Yeah. 
All right, so let's get some final scores. So I give this an 11. Wayne? Whoa, I I wasn't happy about my score, but I'm not happy about your score either. I gave it a one. <laughs> like I that's said, that's all I had left. I already I already knew the song, so and I had already liked the song, so I like Joe Henry's uh, version of it as just as much. So Anna, I gave it a four for no good reason. Okay, and you can you can hate my score all you want, Wayne. It's still not in the top five, even though I I stacked the deck on that. So it hates a strong word. I I just <laughs> I thought it was wrong. That's all. All right. So did we did we cover everything on this record? Did we miss anything? I, no, I was I was uh, it was I was I have not heard a lot of Joe Henry uh, or any Joe Henry prior to doing this. I, I was I very I enjoyed it very much, uh, like to the point where it was hard to to score it because I I really enjoyed all of the songs and it, he definitely has this has a unique sound that is very rich and uh, it's. It, more people should listen to it. And I did see when I, I listened to, I watched a YouTube interview with Anna at KSER and she played uh, Midnight on Monday, which I love. And I could hear that kind of that same kind of storytelling in that from that kind of Joe Henry influence. I really enjoyed that. Mm, that's cool. Well, let's, uh, let's tally up and see what our top five is. Any guesses of uh, what our top score gets? Uh, civilians or or so, civil war so civil war is our top song with an 11.33 uh civilians was our third just beat out barely by our song our song oh, got a 10.66 civilians got a 10.33 so just just edged out um the remainder of our top five so fourth song was Love is enough, and then we had a tie for fifth, which is "Time as a Lion" and "Scare Me to Death." It's a pretty solid Ooh. top five or six, if you want to. I mean, that's six songs tied for. But <laughs> look at you with doing some quick math. Yeah, I know, I know. And on my day off, so. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure revisiting with both of you. So, Anna, remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Anna Tibble. Uh, sorry, tell me that one more time. <laughs> so, I'm so, very sorry. I'm... Multitasking is. I just a lie. found a flea on my. I found a flea on my dog's vet just now, <laughs> and I needed immediate uh, removal, but. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Tell me again. <laughs> no problem. So re remind our listeners where they can find all your happenings. Yes. They, uh, everything is in the website. It's just anatibble.com. And then on all the, the Spotify's and the iTunes and things of the world as well. Cool. cool. Um, so one last question that we, we've been asking all of our guests. So who do you know that I don't know? who would want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Oh, um, I bet that it would be really fun to talk to Shane Leonard, um, who, who produced this new record of mine and who totally loves to talk songs and has a really interesting ear and mind. 
Okay. And is a great cool. songwriter who I think you'd really like. We will make that happen. We'll 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 chat offline. <laughs> All right. So for everyone, as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited podcast. We are on Instagram using the Records Revisited podcast hashtag. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia. And if you go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com, it'll take you to our podcast host page. And oh, by the way, we're now on Twitter. So our Twitter handle is at podcast records and yeah, we're a little late to the whole Twitter game. So we didn't get a primo handle, but Hey, we're at least on there. So there you go, Wayne. I signed us up. I, I, perfect. Now we're, we're all, we're on all of the social medias. We are all on the socials. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts, go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. Out. out.